Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. What a difference two weeks make. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. And today's guest, Mike Clement, Ole Miss hitting coach, as well as David Johnson, who works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, Josiah Hayes, a four-star defensive lineman committed to Ole Miss Monday night. It's been a busy couple of days for Ole Miss sports. So much for the dog days of summer. Colin, what's up, man? Not much, not much. Uh, trying to just get uh, back home from the regional. It was a uh, crazy weekend. That's Sunday. An 8 p.m. first pitch. Mm. Brutal. But the end result was what Ole Miss was looking for, and that's a three-game sweep of the Oxford Regional. They're off to Super Regional play for the first time in five years, the same year as their last trip to Omaha for the College World Series. And the way they did it couldn't have been more impressive. An offensive onslaught, pitching performances like Doug Nikhazy's, where you step back and marvel at the development of a true freshman who's come along to become and establish himself as a co-ace with Will Etheridge, a junior, veteran, grizzled, a team that no one expected two weeks ago to be in this position. We all expected that season to be over at this point because they went on the road somewhere and they didn't come out of that regional. And yet here they are, off to Fayetteville for three games, two wins away from Omaha. Where are you right now sitting and thinking about Ole Miss baseball? Uh, it's it's a weird place because, like you said, I mean, there was such a, a, a weird uh, aura around this uh, program around two weeks ago, um, for, you know, in all sorts of ways. And you look up two weeks later and, and they're dogpiling on the mound uh, after knocking off Jacksonville State. Um, you know, I, I think Ole Miss probably had their second best weekend of baseball behind last week. Uh, what they played in Hoover, it's they're they're really playing well, and and you can tell that they just kind of believe every time they step on the field that they're going to win. Uh, the talent's never been an issue, and and they've kind of just realized that they're really good, and that if they play well and they play good baseball, that they're probably going to be better than most teams, and that's kind of shown itself true over the last few weeks. That stuck out to me when they celebrated, and it was a celebration. They went out to right yeah. field, jumped in there with the students, went around the stadium and high-fived all of those 10,000 fans that still remained. Even with all of that celebration, it was still in a way muted, and not because they weren't excited. They believe 
that they can beat anybody. Cooper Johnson said it straight up in a press conference Sunday night. He said, we believe when we step on the field, we're going to win. And that's something that was lacking for so long. and something that you and I tried to identify. Why was this the case with this team that in the preseason we thought was every bit as good as last year's team? They're late arrivals to contention, but better late than never. Here they are. It's time to start talking about this team as a true championship caliber contender. I kind of thought they were before the year. Um, I, I thought that there was no, I didn't know it'd play out like this. I didn't know Doug Nikhazy would be the Saturday guy, but, I, but I thought this team, I thought they'd swing it well enough that they'd mask some, cause some of the, you know, pitching issues that they may have. And the pitching frankly has been better than I thought. And the offense has kind of come along late. So yeah, I, I think honestly, if you made me guess, I think whoever wins this super regional in Fayetteville, Arkansas plays for the national title. Now I don't know if they're going to win it, but well, I mean, you look at it, UCLA has got to win a game tonight to uh, move on. I mean, the eight seed is Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Georgia's out as the four seed. You would probably play LSU in the first round in Omaha. I mean, it's not murderer's row if you get out of Fayetteville. Ole Miss is 3-2 and two against Arkansas this year. Their most recent game, they beat Arkansas, the same Arkansas team that beat them in the second game of the SEC tournament in Hoover. Arkansas has won 60 or more games and only lost, I think, 14 in the last two years in Fayetteville. But who's responsible for the two series wins from an opponent <laughs> at Arkansas? Ole Miss, from a place where they lose 6-7 to close the regular season. And everyone's wondering about Mike Bianco about if this is one of the more disappointing teams in Ole Miss baseball history to a renewed sense of confidence that they can go out there and in Arkansas win and then go to Omaha and contend. It's a strange welcome about face for a team that looked like it was down and out. Yeah, and a lot of credit to him. Um, because you know there there was a lot of criticism him of him after the the state sweep and, and two losses to Tennessee, uh, whatever he's done to this team to get them believe in themselves again it's it's been impressive, uh, because this team could have just rolled over and and felt sorry for itself and lost two games in a regional and I don't know Los Angeles or wherever the hell they went, and they didn't uh, they they put it together and, and Hoover and. They came home and, and played really good baseball, and now they're going to a Super Regional. So I think uh, you know, I think over the past two weeks, he's been some of Mike's best managerial jobs. Lesser teams, when Ole Miss went up one to nothing and then loaded the bases in each of the first Oof. three or four innings and didn't score, would have folded and made that a game. Instead, yep. it was 19-4, to four, a four-hour, nine-inning marathon that ended after midnight, and they claimed an Oxford Regional Championship. It's a big deal, not just for Mike, but for these players and for a fan base that needed this. They needed a shot in the arm, and this baseball team has provided that, that reprieve from the misery of the way the football season ended, the reprieve from... Yes, going to the NCAA tournament, which was a huge accomplishment in and of itself. I think only the ninth all-time for Ole Miss basketball. But to lose and be put out the way they were in a laugher of a contest against Oklahoma, Ole Miss fans show up and support winning. And they packed out the stadiums every single night, got behind a team that not so long ago they were ready to get rid of. And and that's the that's the best way to put it. Uh, you know, I mean, this fan base was rightfully upset after after, you know, they lose three to Mississippi State and kind of no show the first game in Tennessee and then lose a close one in the second game. Um, and, and just whatever happened it, from a fan base perspective and from a team perspective, something happened in Hoover and uh, this team's caught fire. And, and I don't really think there's any reason to believe they won't play with that same passion and same energy this weekend in Fayetteville. Now, look, it might not be enough. Arkansas is really good. But I, I think you'd be remiss to say that it, I think I'd say this. I think Ole Miss plays the game this weekend to go to Omaha, Nebraska. I don't think there's any situation where they go 0-2 this weekend. If they win Friday night, it's it gets over. real. Yeah, it gets real. <laughs> I don't think they can win on Sunday. And that brings about my next question. Not that Gunnar Hoagland hasn't done great work over the last couple of weeks, but in that situation against that offense, I don't know. It, it just seems like all in the odds. In that stadium. Yeah. yeah. It's, it feels like all the odds would be stacked against Ole Miss to win a game three. But if they win game one, game two with Doug Nikhazy, you got to feel pretty good. My question yeah. would be, in game three, it'll never happen. Mike will go with Gunner. But if you could do like you did in the Oxford Regional and save your arms because your starting pitching has been so good, I'm not sure I wouldn't be tempted. It won't happen. He won't do it. But I'd be tempted to start Houston Roth, who I think – could very well start on Fridays next year. No, that's that's a very good point. Uh, I think, you, like you said, it won't happen. Gunner will get the ball in game three. I do think Mike will not give him any type of leash. Like if a guy gets on in the second, he might come out. Um, 
but Gunner will get the ball. But th- that would be fascinating in a game three, just how quickly they're uh, they're willing to go to the bullpen, and obviously that you know would matter about how Friday and Saturday played out from that perspective too. Who's been the MVP of this run? It's Thomas Dillard, right? Oof. Yeah, it's either Dillard or Nikhazy. Uh Has to be. Take your pick. Um, it's almost like you should have been leading off the whole year, Ben. Crazy. <laughs> Who came up with that idea? Who's been calling for that all season? I think it was two people talking on this podcast right now. It's neither here nor there. But Thomas Dillard has been raking. Three home runs over the weekend. He had before that one home run in his last 37 games. You might be wondering, what changed? Well, according to Thomas Dillard, when I talked to him last night, he took off his batting gloves. Kevin Graham finally said, look, man, you'll get the power back if you lose the batting gloves. He finally relented in his final at-bat against Jacksonville State in game one, took off the batting gloves and hit a homer. He didn't wear the batting gloves for the rest of the weekend. He ended up with two more against Jacksonville State on Sunday. I don't know if he's going to go back to the batting gloves, but like the Powder Blues, when you're 17-5 and in the Powder Blues, don't change what's working. Yeah. Yeah, I figure those batting gloves, along with all of Ole Miss's other uniforms, are burned. They're going to wear out the training room washing machine until the <laughs> end of time. They're going to wear the powder blues every single game, as they should. Feel good, look good, play good. Go with it. I guess the only issue would be if they ran into North Carolina. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Yeah. 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 That, but that'd be in the national title series, whatever. You can figure it out. Yeah, you can get to that point. I don't know. I'd still be stubborn saying, oh, you want to wear your blues? We're wearing our blues, too. All of ours burned. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. There was a house fire. We don't know who said it. And then Mike Bianco sitting there holding the match. It's fascinating to think what next year's team is going to be after the MLB draft. Now, as we're recording this, no players have been drafted. But Cooper Johnson's going to go pretty high. Greg Kessinger, Thomas Dillard. Cole Zabowski, regardless of where he gets drafted, he's going to go to play in the minor leagues. He can't help his draft position or negotiating leverage in any way coming back to school. Connor Walsh, Dunhurst, Jerrion Ely. Ely's going to school. That's happening. He's going to school. He hadn't had a scout at his games in a month. He's going to school. So in this window, this run right now, it's time to make that run and truly contend for a championship because next year – Starting pitching is going to be really good, if not great, one of the best rotations in the SEC. We don't know and can't fill out what the infield and outfield are going to be. So you have to embrace this now. You have to stay in the now. And I appreciate that that's what their frame of mind is. That's what Cooper Johnson said. We're trying to stay where our feet are, embracing that. And Cooper Johnson's been huge as far as leadership is concerned in this last two-week run. That's been important, I think. I think not taking anything away from Mike Bianco – but players taking ownership like they hadn't all year has been the biggest change for Ole Miss. We've been trying to identify this. What changed? What happened? I'm not sure that players finally saying, screw this, we're going to approach this game like we know how and attack it. We're better than anyone we line up against, can beat anybody we line up against, and go do it. I don't know if that's not the answer here. Yeah, and it's it's we kind of mentioned like earlier in the year that – and it's not quantifiable, so we kind of, you know, just look over it. But there, we didn't know if there was, you know, the leadership on this team that they probably needed to be there. And I yes. think, uh, I think Cooper Johnson is is obviously the the vocal leader on this team. You know, you, you got guys like Greg Kester and Thomas Dillard that they kind of do it by actions. But I think, you know, t- Cooper Johnson is is obviously the vocal leader on this team, and and has kind of stepped up in that role over the past two weeks. And and I, like you said, you know, he was he was really impressive to me, honestly. I've Obviously, he was really good on the field. I thought he kind of what he said in the press conference yesterday was was kind of telling about where this team is from a uh, mindset perspective and and what's kind of changed over the past two weeks. He talked about, you know, like you said, being being where your feet are and, and this team, they, they enjoy each other and they're, they're playing good baseball and uh, it, it's going to be a war down there in Fayetteville. But but you can't bet against this team right now. I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I don't know if there's a regional you could have dropped this team in this weekend that they don't win. Even on it the was road. such a good draw, though, for them. Yo, absolutely. It don't get better. Those than that. three teams weren't very good. <laughs> I, I, I'll say Jacksonville State was a good baseball team, like fundamentally sound and well coached. The other teams were train wrecks. A good four, but you'll trade off a good four for oh, two man. middling twos and threes. Easy. I mean, J- Jacksonville State played hard and they were well coached, and Clemson and Illinois were train wrecks. Uh, Terrible. So, yeah, and, and Ole Miss will, will take that any day of the week. So they played well. That's not to discredit them. Ole Miss deserved everything they got this weekend, and that's the reason they're going to Fayetteville on Friday or Saturday. Looking at Arkansas, 
look, everyone's familiar with Arkansas. Right. But what is the June 4 scouting report for Arkansas now? They don't swing it as well as people probably think. Uh, last year's team was really, really offensive. They lost a good bit of those guys. Uh, they're really good on the mound with Campbell and Nolan. Um, Ole Miss obviously lost to Campbell, but they've beaten Nolan twice. Uh, Wicklander beat him in Hoover. He wasn't in the rotation when Ole Miss went to Fayetteville. I figure he'll be the game three guy. So Ole Miss is going to – that's another thing. If, if Wicklander's their game three guy, Ole Miss is going to get two right-handers in, in Campbell and, and Nolan that I think they can hit. I don't think – I think seeing Isaiah Campbell for a second time around is a, is a real advantage for them. But Arkansas, they're not great in the bullpen. Matt Cronin, their closer, is All-American. We saw him twice in Hoover. Uh, they're really good. Campbell's really good. Uh, but past that, I, I, they're beatable. Um, I, I think Ole Miss has got a chance this weekend. I think it's a really good matchup. Uh, Arkansas is going to be a bunch of hard-throwing right-handers, and Ole Miss doesn't seem to have a ton of problems with those from an offensive standpoint. Regardless of what happens this weekend, you can't call this season anything but a success, right? Correct. I don't know how you deem it. Look, obviously Ole Miss basketball, Ole Miss baseball, one has a little bit more limitations. I don't know how you can ever deem a uh, making the final 16 teams in the country a failure. I, I just, I will never, I'll never deem that, that a failure losing a two of three series uh, that just kind of happens in baseball. So no, I, to me, anything beyond this is, is a successful season. Ole Miss has won 10 regionals and is now in its sixth super. It hasn't happened a lot in Ole Miss baseball history. Not to say that you shouldn't be disappointed if they don't go further, but considering where they were and the fight they showed to get to where they are now, if you try to run this team down, should it go wrong in Fayetteville on the weekend? Shame on you. They've played too well. They've done too well to deserve your criticism. All you want is super regional appearances. That's all you want. You want the chance to go to Omaha Anything can happen in a three-game set. Being that that's the case, appreciate the accomplishment, acknowledge the accomplishment, and understand now this team, this frame of mind is different than it was last year. All we talked about in the summer, in the fall, going into the spring, was, God, how can they overcome and exercise the demons of 2018? And they kicked those things in the face. (laughs) Don't treat this team the same way. Yeah, and you know, I, I was kind of thinking about this earlier today. It helps this team, in my opinion, that the 2014 team did go to Omaha because there's not that what, what would it be 47 years of, of not going to the College World Series. Uh, I, I think that that does help them, that you're not fighting that demon. Uh, but like you said, you're, you're in a two or three game series. It's very possible that Ole Miss goes to Fayetteville this weekend and plays really well and loses two games. Like yeah. sometimes you just lose baseball games and it happens. It'd be a bummer for this team, though. Oh, it'd suck. This whole season has now come down to two weeks. That's what's crazy about it. Everything and all the build-up and discussion throughout the whole three-month stretch, four-month stretch was nothing. Was nothing. <laughs> Not that this team was overlooking the regular season, but it's like they've they turned were. something on and said, hey, let's just get to the postseason and we'll take care of business. And here yeah. they are. No team, you could argue, in any sport in Ole Miss history has done this come nut-cutting time, and yet here's Ole Miss baseball doing that exact thing all you could ask for is an opportunity doesn't matter if it's at home or on the road you'd prefer to be hosting the super in Swayze field that's not happening it doesn't matter it doesn't matter all you want is the opportunity and Ole Miss has given itself that and no one expected it so bully to them tip your hat to them they did what you wanted them to do no more bitching and moaning about this team it's not warranted (laughs) I tell you if 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 you're Mike Bianco and they told you hey look you're not going to host a super uh, but you get to go to any of the regional hosts in the SEC to play one, I, I feel like he'd probably pick Arkansas with yeah. the amount of success they've had down there. Look at the SEC West, by the way. All the SEC Oof. West teams, only one has lost two games. Everyone else went 3-0 and in the regionals. Yeah. Auburn ran roughshod over Georgia Tech? Yeah. Yeah, that's – Butch Thompson's really, really good. He's good. Uh, yeah. You know who's probably pissed, though? Who? Arkansas. Because I bet they did not want to see Ole Miss roll of in there. Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. <laughs> But here's the thing. I don't buy the NCAA selection committee setting it up so that only a handful of SEC teams make it to Omaha to try to siphon off SEC teams. I don't buy that at all. The way I look at it is very simple. The NCAA selection committee finally gave everyone what they wanted. They said, okay, here are the 16 best teams. 
We're going to rank them accordingly. And regardless of the matchups, this is what it's going to be. It just so happened that Ole Miss and Arkansas paired off. So you can't say, we want this, and then when you're given that, then complain. Correct. I think it was a well-done job by the selection committee. And I also believe that Ole Miss, like you mentioned, couldn't have asked for a better regional draw and a super regional draw against a team it's familiar with and against a team that it's had success against. There's no fooling either of these teams. They know what they're getting. The scouting report, you just pull up the file from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you pull up Watch ESPN, right? Yeah. Jacksonville State, there wasn't a ton of tape out there to study Jacksonville State, and they still beat the shit out of them. It's different when you've got familiarity with an opponent, when you've played that opponent so many times. And Ole Miss and Arkansas, they're just going to go at it. And I think it sets the stage for something pretty epic. I don't know if Ole Miss is going to win or not. I'll be there in Fayetteville. Um, But I'm like you. I wouldn't be one to bet against this team, the way it's played and the way it's kind of carrying itself as far as making a run in the postseason. That'd be a cool. I'm just thinking up, thinking ahead. That'd be a pretty cool setting uh, in Omaha if you had Ole Miss and LSU on that first night, right? Oh yeah, man, that place would be something. Whew. It won't happen. It can't happen. But God, could you imagine an Ole Miss Mississippi State championship game? Oh, oh God, no, I, I can't. I don't want to talk about that. Oh my God, <laughs> Ole Miss is two and fourteen in its last sixteen against State. Oh my God. But if you go four and fifteen, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Are you counting on those two wins, though? I'm not. Oof. No, no, I am not because they're two and fourteen. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, for for seriously, you talk about all the confidence this team has. I wonder if that would be the case, man. How are you confident when you're going in playing a team you're two and fourteen against? Yeah, that would really test the new metal you think you have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, you think you've become a different team? Turned a corner. Well, here's the team that you can't beat. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be great. I'd be super stoked for that. (laughs) Just super stoked. Anyway, Ole Miss baseball, doing some historic things. Mike Clement involved in every aspect of it. Not only is the Ole Miss hitting coach, but he also coaches third base. I have to ask him about some of his sin calls. I have to. (laughs) Clement has a nonstop green light. So I'm going to ask him about it. He's going to come up on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern Woodman representative. It wasn't so long ago, I'm talking a couple of months, where financially I needed some help. Not that I was struggling, but getting my finances in order, organizing my money so that I'm in the best position for retirement, preparing for college for my kids, and everything else. I'm sure most every one of you can relate. And that's why you should do like me and contact Thomas Chandler today. He's your local modern woodman representative, and he'll get you right for retirement or savings or whatever you need. He's done it for me. He'll do it for you. What does modern woodman do, though, you might ask? Financial security for you and your family through life insurance, financial planning, and financial services. Quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities. And community impact through volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. It's time to get rid of your financial burden. Contact Thomas Chandler, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Or you can check him out at www.modernwoodman.org www.modernwoodman.org. That's Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. The podcast is also brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. The car buying process can be overwhelming. Believe me, I've been there recently. And you're just looking to get the best deal. And if that's the case, to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell right now. So you, the consumer, need to make sure you're taking advantage of all the deals available to you from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And what separates Alan Samuels is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk a Champion sent you. They're hardcore Ole Miss fans, and they'll want to talk some Ole Miss baseball, basketball, spring football just wrapped up, football coming up in the fall, and, of course, Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. But above all else, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible and get you what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford today. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Joining me now on the Chinese Pharmacy phone line is Ole Miss hitting coach and third base coach, Mike Clement. Ole Miss baseball, fresh off a 3-0 sweep of the Oxford Regional, heads to Fayetteville for Super Regional play against Arkansas this weekend. Mike, how you doing? Hey, how we doing, Ben? I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for coming on. It's a big time for you and the team. 
Ole Miss baseball headed to Fayetteville, like I mentioned. First and foremost, that Sunday, that celebration after Jacksonville State, I was at an arm's length. I watched you guys overwhelm the mound. Beer showers in right field. Players go out there, circle the stadium. You celebrate with Mike Bianco, Carl Lafferty. What was it like on the field being part of that celebration? Uh, it was fun, man. That's uh, you. You can't take those. You can't take those situations and and those events for granted. I mean, it uh, doesn't always happen. And uh, obviously, we have a huge majority of our team that were that was on the other end of that a year ago. Um, and so they deserved it. They deserved it. They absolutely worked for it. Uh, obviously, we've we've played really good baseball the last couple of weeks and. Um, I'm just I'm just happy for our guys. I'm happy for Coach B, and I'm and I and I'm, I'm especially happy for our players because they stayed the course and um, you know are getting rewarded for it. Outscored your opponents 41 to six over the weekend. You as the hitting coach watching this offense over the last two weeks, the turnaround not necessarily that they've had, but the team in general. What's been different? What changed? Yeah, I think it, Cooper, who 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 speaks so well um, in in press conferences and post game, you know that really well from being so close to our program um, and, and having covered him over the last couple of years, uh, I think he said it right. And I don't remember which games um, it was after. It was a little bit probably after the Vanderbilt uh, SEC championship game too. Um, just the belief. And, and I think we have an older group, um, which helps. And, and they, and they, um, they, they know that we're good. And we had some really good leadership um, from our guys to be able to stay the course, to be able to, you know, continue to pound the stone and, um, and just and just stay the course and and uh, our older guys kind of stepped up as we as we went through that six game losing streak and um, I think that there was some some panic from the outside and there was never that with our with our players and so um, that that was that was key to not let any outside influences affect how they were going to go about their business and and they didn't and and the, the the older the juniors and seniors deserve a lot of credit for that. It hadn't hurt, Mike, that Thomas Dillard has caught fire as the leadoff hitter. I remember one certain podcast host calling for that maybe in the fall, certainly earlier this spring, but he's been really, really good. Had three home runs this weekend. What's been the difference for Thomas? Why has he been such a good fit at the top of the order? (laughs) This is not uh, hindsight. You called for it uh, probably all the way back to the fall when you and I talked, Um, and to, for him to hit in the one or the two in the new wave of baseball, which you and I have talked about a ton over the last few years, uh, is to is to put a guy like Thomas uh, in the one or two, and and honestly, we did it just to just to shake things up a little bit because, like you and I have talked about before, we we the last couple of years haven't had that traditional leadoff guy, which is okay with me. Um, you know, uh, you know that I'm I'm more suited. Um, to have guys like Dillard, you know, that's, that fits more my coaching style and, and, and what we want to do, but that's the thing, you know, everyone thinks about the home runs and those are huge for Thomas, but, um, man, it's on base percentages, his ability to take walks, his ability to steal some bases, um, just huge for us. And we have enough firepower still in the middle, um, to drive him in, but, but yeah, he's been huge. It's just, it's a different mindset and you can tell from the pitcher, when to lead off the game, you have to squeeze it a little bit tight when you're going to go ahead and throw that first pitch right down the middle, which everyone does. And you're looking at a guy that looks more like Babe Ruth than some leadoff hitter. Um, and you know, he's, he's going to take a hack and obviously got to start it off great on Sunday. As far as leadership is concerned, it's not quantifiable. So I roll my eyes at it. Sometimes yeah. we've talked about that a hundred times before, but I think the one thing I've seen, a tangible difference in this team, is once the postseason started, be it the SEC tournament, whatever, something clicked as far as the players taking ownership of their lot. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but from your vantage point, did you see these players approach it differently as far as saying, we know how good we are, we're going to go out there and play our game, and if we're going to go down, we're going to go down our way? Yep, yep, I I did, and and I I sometimes tend to agree with you. I think sometimes the leadership part of it, uh, and and speaking of the leadership part of it, is a little bit overblown because um, you've been you know me and you have been around baseball for a long time, right? And so when teams are good and win a lot of games and win at the right time, they have great leadership. And when teams are bad and don't win and they scuffle, they have poor leadership. That's just the narrative. That's that's how it goes. It's probably why you kind of roll your eyes at it. 
But I will say this. Um, there was some time in that six-game losing streak where, where guys just um, stuck together. And you could see it over the course of practices where um, there wasn't a ton of tension with our guys, um, which at the time probably worried me a little bit. Like, wait, what are these guys doing? But they were able to stay the course and just continue to play and knew that baseball is different than other sports. It's a long season. You're going to go through some ups and downs and um, they all continued to stay confident that, Hey, we're good. We're, we, we're like, like good at baseball. We're, we're, we're good players and, and we're going to figure this thing out. And um, sometimes the personality of a guy like Greg Kessinger, who um, doesn't let a ton affect him, and the mixture of a that kind of personality that's very laid back and very, hey, uh, just a quiet confidence, coupled with a guy like Coop, who is uh, chip on the shoulder, hard charger. Um, it's just a good, it's a good mix with with our team, and I think that helped them have the ability to stay the course. A lot of this podcast was already recorded before I sat down to talk to you, Mike. And at the time, we didn't know that Gray Kessinger had been drafted, but he goes to the Astros in the second round with the number 68 pick in the 2019 MLB draft. What are your thoughts on Gray as far as getting drafted, realizing that dream, but also what he could be in the pros and the things he might need to work on, stuff like that? Yep. First and foremost, I'm exceptionally happy for the kid and his family. Um, they're, they're, they're great people. And he has absolutely earned this. If, you know, if somebody would have said he was going to be drafted on day one in the top 70 picks, you know, 18 months ago, I think a lot of people um, would not have believed that. And um, he put himself in that position because of the work that he's put in and the success that he's had and all that credit um, goes to him. As far as, uh, what he looks like as a professional, it's amazing to me, um, and obviously works to Gray's advantage, how much uh, weight professional baseball puts on bloodlines. And obviously, uh, Gray uh, has that in spades and, and uh, has a family full of professional baseball players and, uh, you know, a grandfather that played in the big leagues for a long time and an uncle who played in the big leagues. Um, so that that's good. Um, I think, you know, from a – from a defensive standpoint, he's in a, he's in a really good spot. And, and obviously he's come a long way with his bat. He'll continue to need to be able to, with, with wood in his hands, use the entire field. And, um, you know, I think that, that he's probably got a little more power than what people give him credit for. I think he's a guy that could hit double digit home runs at the big league level. Um, but you know, just, just to refine his approach, but his mindset personality is made for professional baseball. I think he's going to play in the big leagues and, um, I think he thinks that, which is half the battle also. Taking nothing away from anyone else, but I would say no player of the current crop has grown more offensively over the last three years than Gray. I don't think it's close. Yeah, the only other guy I think you can argue is Coop. Um, and, it, and it's a different uh, – those guys are different because Gray has played every day his entire career here. Um, but, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, just uh, – the, the maturation process for him. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, hit just over 300 as a senior in high school. And, and typically the guys who come in with a lot of fanfare are hitting like 600 in high school baseball. And uh, he, uh, he is a guy that has just continued to get better. I mean, led the SEC in SEC games and uh, in hits and hit over 400 in SEC games. And that you, you can't get lucky and do that over, <laughs> over 30 games uh, and not in this league taking a turn toward the regional this weekend, the super regional this weekend against Arkansas. It's a familiar foe. What are your thoughts about the matchup? Arkansas being familiar. Is there an advantage there to knowing the team that you're going up against? Sure. I think there's an advantage, but there's an advantage for them too. We've, you know, we've already played five times this year, you know, three times up there earlier in the year and then twice in the conference tournament. Um, You know, I think, I think the advantage for us is that there is, there is not a player on our team um, that has ever lost a series to Arkansas. And for whatever reason, um, and we know how good Arkansas has been, for whatever reason, we've had success against them. We match up well with them. Um, and I think, um, if nothing else, it just gives our guys confidence going up there. We, you know, I don't know how long ago it was, two months ago, six weeks ago, whatever. We went up there and won a series. And, um, you know, we've just, we've had success against them. And so uh, I think we'll go up there with some confidence and, um, I think our guys are really excited. Even when the brackets came out on Memorial Day, 
um, as it came up on the TV and guys saw our regional um, and saw who we were matched up with, uh, if we should make it to a super regional, um, I think guys were excited. I think they were excited uh, because you know the opponent. I think sometimes when you haven't been there, which none of our guys have been in a super regional, if you're playing someone that you're not familiar with, maybe it gives you a little bit of anxiety or there's some worry or there's some, well, we don't know how good they really are or something like that. Whereas with this team, we know exactly who they are and they know exactly who we are. So um, it should, it should be a good one for sure. I feel like no matter what draw they'd gotten, the way they've been carrying themselves the last couple of weeks, the way they're playing currently, they wouldn't care. They think they could beat anybody they line up against right now. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun when you get a, get a team to be, uh, playing their best baseball at this time of the year um from a coaching standpoint you try to stay out of their way um and 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 let them go um and yeah no you you nailed it and uh like i said we're playing our best baseball at the right time so it's a fun group to be around i'm just uh glad to get to coach them for for at least another week i know Ole Miss pitching isn't what you yourself is solely focused on at Ole Miss but from your vantage point what was it like to watch Doug Nikhazy spin it again in a brilliant performance or Will Etheridge stuff it again in a brilliant performance? The starting pitching has been so good over this run. What was it like this weekend from where you sat to do it once more and sweep the Oxford Regional in three games? Yeah, you know, coupling this uh, this question with, with the one before, um, the reason for our good play um, over the last two and a half weeks is simply our pitching. Um, I think Laugh and, and Mike have done just a remarkable job with, with our staff. Uh, we didn't swing it exceptionally well at the SEC tournament, you know, but we pitched it exceptionally well. And, and that's, that was, that's what spurred on, you know, six games in six days and winning, winning four of those games was, you know, you remember we beat Texas AM one to nothing. We beat Missouri two to one. Um, you know, we won a bunch of games, low scoring and, um, you know, the, the, the pitching staff has been unbelievable. Uh, specifically speaking, Etheridge, like you said, um, I think Doug probably gets most of the fanfare, and rightfully so. Um, but Etheridge is just, man, steady Eddie. Um, you look at some of the, the better arms we've had since I've been here in the last five years, um, Etheridge matches up favorably with all of those guys. He goes deep into games. Um, he gives us a chance to win every single time out. Um, and probably, like you said, doesn't get enough credit. And then, you know, Doug's performance against Clemson on Saturday night was, you know, coach made the comment after the game that the only other time he remembers, you know, ovation like that was Pomerantz. And, uh, man, Doug deserved it. And he's been so steady. You could argue easily the MVP of our team. We knew Etheridge was going to be the Friday guy coming in. And um, Doug, you know, came in that second weekend, I think, against Missouri when it is when he started in SEC play the second weekend. And he solidified our team. And, uh, you know, and, and more than anything, our guys think we're going to win when he rolls out there. And that's, that's half the battle. You've been in baseball a long time. Has any team surprised you like this one has? Gosh, uh, that's a tough question. Um, I maybe coached one team in 2013 at Kansas state that, that surprised me a little bit. We made it to a super regional Oregon state after finishing in the last place in the big 12 the year before. Yeah, but that'd, do, that'd do it. That'd I, do it. <laughs> I don't, um, Gosh, I had I have confidence in this team. I'm I'm nothing surprises me with them. Um and it's just because of the personalities. Uh I, I think I'd be more surprised if we weren't in this situation, to be honest with you. I just um the way these guys carry themselves and and uh I'm I'm just really I'm I'm really happy for them. I'm happy for the individuals because I know I you know, and I know you're out of practice a ton and you know this too, but the one thing I, I got to get across to the people that are listening to us is is how professional they are when they come to the park. I mean, they just come to work every single day. And, you know, they're here an hour before practice to just sit down and visit about baseball or whatever it is. Um, that's that's the stuff that I'll miss when when we're done playing. And I hope it's at the end of June. Um, but that's, that's the fun thing about this team, man. They show up to the ballpark and they love coming to the field. So um, not surprised. But, but really, really happy for him. Last one. Do you have a nonstop green light at third base? Are you just going to send to everybody? Hey, there's a couple guys, um, and I, I sometimes uh, sometimes turn around and look, but try not to. There's a couple guys in the stands, and I'm sure they're listening to us, um, that, that, that don't like my style at third base. 
Um, and, and if those guys are listening, I want them to know that like, Hey, when it's a wild pitch and Cooper Johnson's on third base and it hits off the, uh, the signage back there and bounces straight back to the catcher, that's bad luck. Like, and, uh, that is, that is a play that's uh, instinct for the base runner. Now, uh, I have one or two plays each year where I wish I could have them back. <laughs> um, like, like sending Dillard against Mississippi state on Zebo's double down line. I don't forgive myself for that. That one's on me. That was stupid. Um, but the rest of them, like, Hey, so everybody knows that's listening. When there's two outs, the highest percentage play, and there's a base hit to the outfield is for me to send the base runner because it's hard to play catch. And so with two outs, we're going to bring them. So, uh, yes, uh, I am super aggressive. Um, it works more times than it doesn't, but that's part of the deal, man. We're going to get guys thrown out, but uh, I think it gives our players and our staff confidence when they know that I'm not going to be conservative. I'm not going to, we're not going to run our offense scared. Uh, we're going to go up tempo and we're going to make people make plays and more times than not, it's been successful. You got that Ron Washington arm turn, man. You're just, you're chugging it. I'm the Mike Clement of T-ball coaches, Mike. (laughs) Don't worry. Uh, I I got my daughter thrown out at second base in T-ball the other day, and she comes over to me crying. I'm like, oh, it's not your fault. That's all on me. That's an aggressive send. That's me. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. I can just see that red that red hair bouncing up and down, and you waving your arm. I, I'd like to I'd like to watch that happen. Yeah, but go go go! I mean, send them, send them. Be aggressive. Uh, maybe not let That's Tyler right. Keenan tag up from second to third, but other than that, yeah, send them, send them all that. Yeah, when you uh, when you have to use the sundial to uh, to time a guy's sixty, he probably shouldn't be passing up from second to third. You're right. He's Mike Clement, Ole Miss hitting coach, third base coach. Thanks for doing this, man. Congrats. Enjoy the Super Regional. And, hey, who knows, this time next week might be talking about Omaha. Let's do it. Always enjoy it. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. That was Mike Clement, Ole Miss hitting coach and third base coach. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Ole Miss football picked up a commitment Monday night from Josiah Hayes, a four-star defensive lineman. And it's been quite some time since we've had a recruit check on this show. David Johnson used to co-host this show with me before branching off and doing his own podcast. Good for him. Go listen to that. The Insiders on the Ole Miss Spirit. OleMissSpirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. But for these purposes... Recruit check. Check that shit out. Wow. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. It's time for a recruit check here on Talk of Champions. It's been a while, and David Johnson hasn't been on this podcast in quite some time. So it's only fitting after Ole Miss picks up a big-time commitment on Monday night that David Johnson returns, makes his long, triumphant return to Talk of Champions. David, how are you? Uh, Well, I'll never uh, live up to that introduction. Thank you very much. I did it just for you. You're the only guest that gets that kind of love and candor. Man, I've listened to your podcast before. You've been sharing that uh, those kind of intros with other people. I know that. That's okay, though. That's okay. We're here to talk about something good, something really good. A big-time commitment for Ole Miss football, and that's what this recruit check is for. Ole Miss had a camp weekend this weekend. We'll get into that a little bit, but Josiah Hayes, he's a four-star defensive lineman out of Horn Lake. He is now an Ole Miss Rebel. Detail how it got to this point. Was it a surprise at all? Had it been trending this way? And if it'll hold until signing day next February? Yeah. uh, Number one, you could see it coming from over the hill and far away. Uh, Not a surprise at all. Josiah Hayes has been a regular, uh, very frequent visitor to Ole Miss really since uh, last fall and even before then. He found a home here. He kind of felt it. And and you could tell when he and his family were were on campus that uh, it was kind of second nature to them. It had become second nature. 
He really liked the coaching staff. Shout out goes to Freddie Roach and Charles Clark for the job they did in recruiting him. Also, Matt Luke made a tremendous impression on Josiah. Uh, you know, and we he and I talked a little bit about that Monday night, right after his commitment. Uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, he is the number three player in the state of Mississippi's 2020 class, the number 21 defensive tackle in America. Uh, four-star prospect, had offers from Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky. LSU. We could go on and on. Uh, he could have played pretty much anywhere he wanted to play. Uh, knew where he wanted to go. He told me Monday night, Ben, that uh, he's known it's Ole Miss for a long, long time. And last Thursday, he actually gave me his top three. Uh, talked to him on the phone, and he said, hey, my top three, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Georgia. When I asked him who was recruiting the, him the hardest, he didn't hesitate. It was Ole Miss. Ole Miss has been on him a long, long time. Uh, the biggest uh, biggest commit thus far for the Rebels in the 2020 class, he's got a teammate up there at Horn Lake that is a top priority for Ole Miss as well, outside linebacker Jaquivion Brown. There's a story on him on the front page of the Spirit right now. If you need to uh, read up a little bit on Jaquivion Brown, uh, he's going to make an announcement before the end of June as well. So I think Ole Miss is going to end up doing a lot better, Ben, at Horn Lake in this 2020 cycle than they did in 2019 when they missed on N'Kobe Dean and Radar Jones. Yeah, can't rehash Radar Jones and N'Kobe Dean, especially N'Kobe Dean. But this is a big deal. It's a four-star player. He's number 212 in the country, according to 247. And it might be the first of many four-star or better recruits to end up at Ole Miss. A quite different contrast then to the last couple of years, the battle it's been for Ole Miss just getting out from the weeds of the NCAA stuff. You look at McKinley Jackson. I know there's questions around Jeremiah Peggy's from Oxford, but Ole Miss is in on high-caliber players, and not only are they getting to the dinner table, but in many respects they're ending up as the final date there. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and Hayes, let me point out this. Hayes is, is a, a trendsetter for this 2020 class. He's one of those guys that uh, is now in your commit column that you can use to keep on building on. I've talked to a couple of other top Ole Miss targets uh, uh, on this Monday night as we're recording this, and, and i got to tell you, it got their attention. It got their attention that, that he went ahead and – cast his lot with Ole Miss and Josiah is the kind of guy he's going to help him build this class now, I asked him about you know whether or not or how hard he was going to lean on teammate Jaquivion Brown he's not he, he flat out said he said that's his decision he's got to make it on his own doesn't mean he's not going to help Ole Miss build this class he is going to do that but as far as his buddy on the Horn Lake team goes he wants his if he follows him to Ole Miss it wants to, he wants it to be because Jaquivion Brown wants to be at Ole Miss as well it's interesting about Jeremiah Piggy's recently reports came out that he was favoring Auburn after so long being an expected Ole Miss commitment and signee by the end of this recruiting cycle. Uh, do you buy too much into the Auburn bump or do you think Ole Miss in the end playing the long game will still end up with Jeremiah Piggy's from Oxford? I buy into the Auburn bump. Let me say that first and foremost. I, I spent a little time with J.J. Saturday morning at the Manning Center. He was out there with Oxford High 707 team. We talked about the Auburn uh, vibe that's out there, if you will. I flat out asked him, and his response was, you know, Auburn is one of my top schools, but I've got some other top schools. So he didn't really show his hand very much there. Is Auburn in it? Yes, absolutely, 100% they're in it. Alabama's in it, but Ole Miss is in it too. And I, I got to tell you, I've been knowing J.J. since he's in seventh grade. You could see you know, he was going to be a big-time football player even back then. Uh, he loves Oxford. He, he loves Ole Miss. And, and I, I would not give up on J.J. Piggies regardless of what you're hearing out there. And I think it's true. You know, Auburn has him captivated uh, until the ink is dry on his letter of intent uh, because I think Ole Miss is going to be in it. Now, an interesting thing I'll tell you about J.J., I mean, he had a very close relationship with former Ole Miss tight ends coach Maurice Harris. And 
Harris's departure back in February, I think hurt his recruitment just a little bit. And it's not that Ole Miss did anything wrong. It's just the fact that he had that relationship built up with Mo Harris. Um, and I think it's taken a little bit of, uh, of time for, for him to start fostering that kind of relationship with the current Ole Miss coaches. Jacob Peelers is primary recruiter now. We all know Jacob is an excellent recruiter. He's he's going to do what he what he has to do to uh, to to make JJ Piggy's comfortable about uh, playing his college football at Ole Miss. I don't think there are any worries there. But I think that was maybe the first step to to maybe JJ swaying a little bit out of the this guy is most definitely going to be in the commit column. To uh oh, maybe Auburn and Alabama have his attention a little bit. McKinley Jackson feels like the next big time potential commitment for Ole Miss. Is that fair? No, I don't think so. And 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 look, I think Ole Miss is in a good spot with McKinley Jackson, but I don't see McKinley Jackson pulling the ripcord on his commitment parachute anytime soon. I mean, I, I mean, the vibe I get from that is that is going to be some of your signing day drama, whether it's in December or February with McKinley Jackson. He's got too many big time blue blooded suitors outside the state of Mississippi. Uh, I look, I hope he commits tomorrow. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's going to be uh, either the early signing period or the February traditional signing day. All right. You were out there this weekend to wrap this up, this short recruit check. Give me the brief Cliff Notes version of how the camp weekend went. Yeah, I think it went really, really well. Friday night, some of their top-tier guys in there, like Josiah Hayes and Jakevion Brown. Uh, you know, there was a quarterback that camped out there Friday night, a kid that really none of us had heard anything about, uh, named Blake Shapin out of Evangel Christian over in Shreveport. Uh, interesting story on Shapin is that uh, he really wasn't on Ole Miss's board at all a couple of weeks ago offensive line coach Jack Bicknell is working northern Louisiana now and, and that's a good assignment for him because he spent a lot of years as a head coach at Louisiana Tech he knows those high schools over there inside and out so he's doing just a, a more or less a courtesy call on Evangel Christian because we all know they produce a lot of college football talent there and uh, while he's in there somebody says hey watch film on this guy and Big Nail liked the film, brought it back to uh, Rich Rodriguez, and they were like, "We got to get this kid over here to camp." So, in the, in the course of just uh, you know a week or two, they go from Blake Shapin not being on the board to now Shapin goes into the Manning Center Friday night camps and gets an offer on Saturday uh, to. Uh, really and truly, I think he's one of the hottest names on the board right now. He's got Arizona State, he's got Arizona, and then he's got a few mid majors, uh, but. They see something in him that makes them think he would be a perfect fit for what Rich Rod wants to do here at Ole Miss. So that's a name to keep an eye on. Uh, but overall, I mean, I, I think three days of really, really good camps. He had some top guys there each and every day. Now, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, their their focus has more or less turned to middle school camps. Uh, that does not mean they won't have some prospects out there, Ben, because, uh, you know, when it's camp season, you have X amount of camp dates, and you can bring guys in and work them out, even though you've got a middle school camp going on out there at the Manning Center. So, uh, you know, we'll do our best to keep you updated on, on, on any of these guys who just kind of drop in uh, of note uh, as the week plays out. And then Thursday, uh, everything gets back to uh, full-fledged prospect camps, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Last one, Ole Miss, six commitments. It's not going to be a big class. Could be 15, 16, 17, thereabouts. 34th in the country, 11th in the SEC. It's June, David. So what do you feel about Ole Miss's current standing as far as building its recruiting class is concerned? Yeah, I would say don't get impatient over the summer if this class that, as you mentioned, stands at six right now doesn't balloon up to double digits. I think that's more or less, if that's the case, it's going to be because they are taking their time and being careful because, as you pointed out, not going to be a big class. When you don't have a big class, Ben, you can't afford a lot of misses. You really need to be sure about everybody you're bringing in there. I think they're very sure about these six that they've taken thus far. I think they're going to be cautious about who they do take, but don't get impatient if it's August and you don't have 14 commits in this class right now, because I don't think that's the way this class is going to be built. Uh, they're, they're shooting for quality over quantity again, because of the numbers. He's David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. He writes for me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, making his return for Talk of Champions for a recruit check. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's picking up. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Anytime, Ben. Glad to be on. That was David Johnson at Rebels247 on Twitter. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. For a recruit check here on Talk of Champions, if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Working to get it on Spotify and some other platforms. Stay tuned for that. Colin, what do you think of Ole Miss football picking up a big-time commitment? Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty, like you mentioned, it was a pretty big commitment. Uh, Ole Miss needs, Ole Miss needs defensive linemen and, and Matt Luke seems to be doing a good job in this class and, and they needed that. They kind of needed some momentum heading into this, this frankly critical season. And, uh, it seems like they've got it kind of on the recruiting trail. So it was a really good job by them. It's so funny to ask Colin non-baseball questions. <laughs> Look, I can answer basketball. I'm, I'm fine with basketball. You're so out of your depth talking about football recruiting so i won't hold you to that i want to look forward to the weekend to come in baseball now as we're recording this we don't know when Ole miss and arkansas are going to play supposed to find out by tuesday morning so when you're listening to this you probably know before we do however when you're trying to handicap this weekend who might be the favorites coming out of regionals who do you think ends up making it to omaha if you had to project it right now oh man uh, Give me some top contenders. Vanderbilt's the best team in the country. Yeah, Vanderbilt's going. Okay, yeah, let's do that. V- uh, Vanderbilt's going to Omaha. Oh, God, it's going to pay me. Mississippi State's going to Omaha. Um, LSU's going to Omaha. UCLA is going to Omaha. I tell you what, Auburn's going to Omaha. Trying to just go down the list of uh, other teams. That's five. Man, I'm going to have to pick this Ole Miss Arkansas series, aren't I? Yeah. Ole Miss is going to Omaha. Oh! And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go kind of against what you said. I think they're gonna do it in three games. I think they're gonna win a game three. I think a game three in Fable. Look, that stadium is what it is, and it's intimidating. But you've been in game threes in Oxford. That thing can turn on the home team real quick. If you get down two runs or so, that thing can get real pressure packed. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think Ole Miss goes to Omaha. And then let's see. I think Texas Tech's going to Omaha, and I think East Carolina's going to Omaha. There we go. I gave all my Omaha picks. If Ole Miss gets to a game three, one of Will Etheridge or Doug Nicasey is losing. So you're predicting them a loss in game one. Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not predicting Doug Nicasey to lose because yeah, because you're, you're leading the Doug Nicasey fan club. <laughs> yeah. So uh you know look Isaiah Campbell's really good they, Will Etheridge could pitch his tail off and he's done this plenty this year Will Etheridge should pick, pitch his tail off on Friday night and get beat two to one um so yeah I think Ole Miss splits the first two and wins the game three over under Parker Caracy pitches three and a half innings this weekend over <laughs> can you give me that line can you give me that line anywhere oh man he's gonna pitch he pitched like... one inning this weekend man he threw like 15 pitches that dude yeah. might start Austin Miller didn't pitch much this weekend he didn't, and I think that was kind of good. He yeah. probably needed he probably needed a weekend off. Tyler Myers needed a weekend off. Did either of them even get loose? Austin Miller got hot. Okay. But Yeah, against Clemson. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. You gotta go with those guys this weekend. You can't keep anybody in the bullpen. Don't pull a Freddie Gonzalez against the Dodgers and watch no. Craig Kimbrell sitting there when you're about to lose to the Dodgers because you have some arbitrary number of outs he can get. Don't be <laughs> stupid. Go with your horses. Even if you do have that arbitrary amount of outs, like use it right then. I mean, let somebody, yeah. that's always been what bugs me. Your yeah. closer doesn't have to finish the game. Yes. My whole deal is this. If you trust Parker Caracy in the most high leverage of situations, that doesn't necessarily come in the ninth. Correct. Might come in the fifth. Might come in the sixth. I'll give Mike credit there. He's done that. He's given for, he did it last year in the winner's bracket against Tennessee Tech. But he hasn't he done gave, it much this year. No, he hasn't. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I don't think he'll be scared to this weekend. He shouldn't. If Gunnar Hoagland gets through three and a third, but yet the bases are loaded, one out, and you're up one, bring in Parker. Yep. Man, I feel ride. quite comfortable letting Houston Roth close. I feel quite comfortable letting Austin Miller try to get three outs right now. Austin Miller has figured it out again. He had a tough stretch. It was bad. But now he's doing well. I feel confident pretty much in any of the top relievers right now. Now, Tyler Myers did not have a great run in the SEC tournament. No, he didn't. But every baseball player has bad days. He's been too good all year to not still trust him. I want to address something real quick. Chase Cockrell is not on the roster. Yeah. Neither is Greer Holson. Neither is Jordan Fowler. Chase Cockrell, I think, is gone. 
not hanging around. Jordan Fowler, he's still a part of everything, watching and conversing and intermingling with the team. Greer Holston, I think, as well. Chase Cockrell's gone. He's a senior. And this time last year, if I'd have told you Ole Miss is going into a Super Regional, but Chase Cockrell is no longer a part of the team, you'd say, wait, what? Yeah, because I knew it wouldn't be a discipline issue. Yeah. That would uh, – It's unfortunate. Yeah, I hate it for that kid. He's a good dude. Good dude. Really good dude. And just hasn't happened this year. Has not happened. Tell you what, though, Tim Alco got him some hits this weekend. He's hitting. Is he a guy you put it right field this weekend and moves from video to second and just let it roll? Yeah. Kind of what I'm thinking. No doubt against lefties. I'd do it against righties. If all you're going to do with Jacob Adams against righties is bun him, then yeah. Put Tim Elko. Put the guy in there. Yeah, Yeah, put Tim Elko. They can hit a homer. He's making good contact. He's barreling balls up now. Here's the thing about Tim Elko. You're going to need him next year. Yes, that was going to be my next point. Tim Elko is a guy you have to use next year. Jacob Adams, there's no more upside for him. There's no upside this is it. for yeah. him over Tim Elko. Yeah, this is it. There's no upside to him over Tim Elko. I'd rather go with a player that not only has more upside right now, regardless of the numbers, but going into next year, he's got to play an outfield corner. He has to. It's hard to put together the infield and outfield for next year. Yeah, you just don't know who's here. Knox Poser will catch. If Dunhurst shows, I think he catches. The Knox Poser could potentially play designated hitter. Yeah. Kevin Graham's going to play first. Who plays second? Anthony Servideo's at short. Tyler Keenan's at uh, third. Bench. They, bench. they really like bench. Yeah, bench, bench. That would put then Tim Elko in left, if he's hitting. One of Connor Walsh or Josh Holland center, and then I guess the other one in right. What are, I'm going to ask, what are, what are we doing with Jerry and Ely if he shows? Oh, he's not going to play for that team. <laughs> if and when he ends up at Ole Miss, which he will, I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up at Ole Miss. I, I think he ends up at Ole Miss, but I do think there's a chance he signs a baseball contract. Oh, he will, but it won't matter because he's going to do good things in football and get drafted as a football player. That's where he's going to yeah, make agree. his money. Agree. The minute he gets to Ole Miss, which I think is now almost an inevitability, he's a football player from here on out. Well, hell, he's here now, isn't he? Yeah, he moved in on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I don't think he that, factors into next year. Okay. Just don't. But it's been one heck of a fall because he was, I mean, a unanimous first round pick. He's hitting like 269 as a high schooler. Now, I don't care about batting average. However, if you're hitting 269 in high yeah. school and you have no power to your bat and your whole game's predicated on speed, which has been de emphasized in Major League Baseball, what upside do you have for me? Yeah, and I, 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 you know, like I, I don't care about batting average most times. I kind of do in high school. Stat. In high school, you should be hitting four hundred at least. Yeah, yeah, I kind of come on, <laughs> you know. So yeah, if you're I, that I, caliber of player in high school, there's no excuse to hit under three hundred. There's no oh, excuse to hit under four hundred for me. Yeah, if you're a pitcher, yeah. you should be throwing complete games of sub one ERA, crazy stuff like that. Yeah, you're <sighs> I don't exactly know. right. And, and this is coming from a guy who hates batting average and who hates ERA. <laughs> That's what it is for me. That's what it is. Yeah, but you should just dominate those stats but just because in a, high school. An interesting press box conversation we had over the weekend. We had a lot of time to talk. Yeah, you had some time. Yeah, was who almost throws on Friday. And I know what everyone will say. Doug Nikhazy, next year I'm speaking of. Doug Nikhazy. Next Christian year? Trent, when he moved off a of Saturday to Friday, wasn't as good as he was on yeah. Saturday. He should have stayed on Saturday because he was just so good there. Doug Nikhazy, same thing. Yeah. He's so good on Saturdays. I would be tempted. Yeah. Houston Roth, Doug Nikhazy, Gunnar Hoagland. Yeah, but you got to find that guy. Like, Houston Roth has to be good enough. I think he is. Uh, I do, too. I He's do been too. pitching his butt off ever since yes. he got healthy. Yeah. That's the only thing it, that held him back. Yeah, that, 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 that can't be understated. Houston Roth is now throwing 91 miles an hour, and it's funny how he's getting people out now. He's yeah, got that I, bulldog mentality, too. He was really good yesterday against Jacksonville State. Um, so I'm with you. I, I try everything within my power to leave Doug Nikhazy on Saturday next year um, because, man, that's a nightmare for opposing teams to deal with. After a Friday night game, if you get beat 3-2, to two, oh, look, Doug Nikhazy's pitching the next day. But does People Mike Bianco be- have that type of decision in his war chest? I don't think so. Yeah, probably nah, not. Probably I mean, not. No. <laughs> Ole Miss is going to Omaha, according to Colin Brister. Mark yeah. it down. Put it down it? on some paper. I'll be there if they are. If they show up in <laughs> Omaha, they'll see me. Maybe they'll see Colin. Maybe I'll get them to come with me, and we'll double team. That sounds dirty, but we'll double team. 
<laughs> Ole Miss and Omaha. We'll see. I don't know. This has been Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Colin Brister at Colin Brister. Check out the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Our thanks to Mike Clement, Ole Miss hitting coach and third base coach, as well as David Johnson for a recruit check because Ole Miss football picked up Josiah Hayes, a four-star defensive lineman out of Horn Lake. Thanks, Colin. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk again. Yes, sir. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park